Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Andy Jones. Hi Andy, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much for having me. Good to have you. So Andy, what is your business called and what do you do? So my business is is the Cafe Hustle podcast. So we're launching on the 31st of January. So we're still, still recording at the minute. So, And it's all about inspiring and motivating cafe and restaurant owners um, the last two years has just been unbelievable for the hospitality industry. <clears throat> so now we're looking at is trying to basically in, interview successful uh, entrepreneurs who have ran cafe, restaurant, any hospitality business, um, and really digging into what they what they do, what's made them successful, what strategies they've used, any tools or systems they've used, and it's just trying to get it out to listeners, the audience, um, give them the ideas, let them try and run it with their business. <clears throat> so beyond that, we've also got a few ideas in terms of um, courses. So I've got some free and paid courses that we're really looking into because I'm a big part of what my, well, the difference that made for, I had a cafe before we did the Cafe Hustle and it was trying to give the staff direction purpose and having the systems in place to support that so a lot of I think a lot of cafe businesses don't necessarily have or don't put so much importance on the systems checklists little things like that which honestly for me just made an unbelievable difference so what got you into the cafe business then so we so my background is originally I was I'm a building surveyor, so that's how I qualified. Um, so I worked in construction for a while, although that was in the hospitality industry for for a brewery. Uh, I'm from the Isle of Man, so we are we have our one big brewer on the Isle of Man. So I worked for them for um, it must have been two or three years, and then I got into government. So it was all policy legislation. So it was a bit different. So anyway, um, my Actually, my auntie had the owned the cafe, and she she fell ill uh, and asked. It was something that I'd always wanted to do. Me and my partner, we'd always talked about it, but then the opportunity came, and it was like, yeah, do I give away my consistent salary and go down the entrepreneurial route? So that's how we got into it, um, and it was about the same time as we had our daughter. She's coming up to three now, so it was all. All around that time, this was happening. So we took the leap, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. We, I'd set myself a goal, so it wasn't a case of saying, "Yes, we're going down this route, and that is it." So I, I'd had two, a plan A and a plan B. So the plan A was to have the cafe set up, systems all in place, everything in place, and it running without me or without the need for me to be there. Or the plan B was is to put it in a position to sell, and uh, and COVID sort of steered us down down the route of selling it really. So we had, I think it was end of end of twenty, well, it was August twenty twenty one that we actually sold it. It was probably the middle of the summer we decided. I think it was it wasn't necessarily going to be in a position to where it was great for us through the summer we had another baby on the way as well so um 
so yeah, so we sold it in August, and to be honest, COVID in the Isle of Man, we were very lucky for a long time because we yeah. were COVID free, and we had so we operated certainly 2020. We had a lockdown in March, and then we came out of that, and we were seven eight months of just complete normality. We had no no restrictions, nothing. So as a cafe, a volume business that was really really important. So we were lucky, and then. Um, Start of 21. We were you a, hit by the fact that there wasn't tourism though? A little bit, yeah. We certainly through the summer, we where we were, we were in a park, so it was it was really reliant. Well, not reliant, but there was a, a decent volume of tourists that would come up to to the park. So we certainly missed out on that. Certainly when we were outside of school holidays in the week, it wasn't we were we were certainly down on on what we were normally doing by probably about 30%. So it wasn't huge, but you had to obviously manage that. The But yeah, so we had, we did get hit by that a little bit, but we managed to try and sort of, we rebranded. So um, once once we got out of the January lockdown, start 21, we rebranded it and started to position it in that, from then to try and sell it rather than because it wasn't every time our business the way it was structured we basically shut down each lockdown just because one the offer that we had wasn't necessarily great from the delivery market point of view but also the I didn't want to encourage people to come out unnecessarily because we had an ice cream kiosk as well which would have been great through certainly it was it would have been great for the first lockdown but we are um i didn't want to encourage people to necessarily come out and queue up and so we were luckily in a position where we could shut down so and getting going every time it was like starting again you know buying the stock getting the staff all organized and then doing the marketing and the advertising to try and get remind people that where we were because we we were in a position where we had to drag people to us we didn't have a footfall. It was all about bringing them to us. Yeah. So why yeah. did you then decide after selling the business to go for the podcast? What was the transition there? Because it's not a natural transi- transition. No, and I've never done anything like I've never done anything like this before. I've done a bit of a little bit of speaking, but nothing <clears throat> that what I am going to now be getting involved in. So it was. March 21 that I am it wasn't so much that I'd it was just aside from the business I thought taking you back to when I first took the cafe over I had no prior knowledge of hospitality didn't know anything about running a cafe had a little bit of an idea around marketing and bits and pieces of that and branding just from other little ventures that I'd tried to started but yeah, it was just a case of I didn't have any resource where I could go to that I felt was certainly in the UK relevant to what we were doing. So, and I've always been a very people-centered person. It's always, I like to help people out. So I've listened to a few podcasts and it was like, this sounds like a great medium. It's really accessible, certainly from knowing what it's like working in a cafe you're so hectic like I was doing 
sometimes 18 hour days, seven days a week, because we were open seven days a week. And it was only really on my commute in and out, which was about half an hour each way that I got a chance to listen to podcasts. So I thought, well, if we can, in that short space of time, provide a British-based podcast that really digs into how people run their businesses, it, it could really help some people. So that's where, yeah, so I just jumped it. Once we'd sold it, I said, I said to my partner, I said, well, let's give this a proper go and see what we can do. And <clears throat> obviously, since I sold the business, we had a little bit of sort of tidying up with what was left of that. Plus, <clears throat> I'm also, we've toyed with the idea of a new cafe concept as well. So <laughs> sort of touched around that, but I think that's going to be another couple of years before we we can pursue that i want to see if we can let this this pandemic die down a bit really yeah definitely i think it has so yeah i've done a shelf life eventually yeah but there's just been i've done i've got so much learning that i've had to do since the end of the summer um and then we welcomed a, a baby boy into the family at the start of december so december was um a big adjustment certainly for our daughter as well she's uh now got this intruder that has appeared in her house so so yeah so and and now january has just been crazy we've been recording pretty much or certainly this week tell me more about the episodes that you've already recorded who what type of people are you speaking to on the episodes are they always interviews with people or are you doing any kind of just you so my plan is so initially what we're going for is we're going for three episodes a week so we are um wow that is a big big commitment (laughs) so i think from my point of view it's yeah what i had been listening to it was always like you get to the end of an episode and you'd be waiting and waiting you'd always you'd always want a bit more so there's no certainly nothing specifically cafe related that's at that frequency and I think from my point of view, I'm full time. This is what I hope will be eventually will be my income essentially, you know? So yeah, so we're going big with it and we've had, um, we've had cafe owners who are operators. We've got, um, so there's branding agencies, we've got software suppliers. So uh, there's, we've done one with Embargo, which is a loyalty app. We chatted to their CEO um, I did um, a great episode earlier this week. I recorded it with Lydia of Warwick Street Kitchen and Saint Kitchen in um, Leamington Spa in Birmingham. That was really, really good around staff culture. And uh, Sarah Heward, who is, uh, she was from London and moved out into the wilds of Scotland to, essentially, she took over an old uh, little chef and they've made an absolute booming business up in a town called Tyne Drum. So it's all, there's a huge variety and we're speaking to people all over the world. So we've got, um, I haven't recorded them yet, but I've got one with uh, someone who franchised their cafe to 30 businesses. They're from South Africa. We've got, I'm talking to people from Australia, America. So it's really trying to get everyone, get the angle from people from all over the world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely what you need to do. Yeah. The thing with podcasting is about consistency um, and, and getting the flow. So once you 
say what you're going to do yeah. you kind of need to stick to it i mean you Absolutely. can vary it as it goes along like we definitely have over the years changed up the way we do things and made yeah. it you know easier for us but the thing if you're gonna do three episodes a week is to have a bank of episodes beforehand yeah. so how many have you recorded now if you're gonna launch on the 30th so we've got uh we've got seven recorded already next by the end of next week we will have 17 recorded so we've got a busy week next week yeah and plus editing so we've got some done and edited we've got um but yeah so next week's a big week so by the end of that week we will have the entire month of february all ready to go uh, and i'm recording more the following week so we're really starting to now try and build that bank up and again i know it's only me and i've had a, a bit of help from from steph but it's it all comes down to systems, how you're, again, just for me, even just checklists, each episode's got a list that you go through, you know, so I know I've, you follow that. And like I say, it, it is a big undertaking to go down the route of three episodes a week. And like I say, at the minute, I think if we can keep the frequency and keep the intensity of the recording, we'll be, I think we'll be all right. But you're right. It's, yeah. it's, it's difficult. And it's the same with, with anything really i think it's very easy for for business owners particularly to certainly when they're first starting out to, to underestimate sometimes what is involved i massively in, underestimate yeah. the podcast because it was an hour what yeah. could be the big thing and it's not an hour it yeah like today i had my last meeting today was half past two and i started recording at five so you know, that's absolutely fine because yeah. then once the meeting finishes at like half past three, I can get ready, I can be available. But the meeting overran, of course it <laughs> does. And then the kids came home from school at four. So then, you know, there's those conversations and then I had to get ready. And then I couldn't find, you know, my microphone because somebody had moved it to a convenient place, you know, like all of those different things. And, and then as soon as I started recording, you know, the equipment wasn't working and then someone was banging doors in the background all of those little things and you just what's something that you think is an hour you know door to door actually yeah. is more like two and then you've got the editing and all of those different things yeah. on top and for somebody who's listening to it it's like it sounds amazing and there are some podcasts out there that are genuinely just grab a microphone and talk down it and they are yeah. amazing too but when you're interviewing people there's so much more to it yeah. that people do do not see in the in the background and they're the kind of things that I talk about a lot and I don't know if you've um found Clubhouse yet and if not I would yeah you have yeah so I would I would encourage you to come into some of our Clubhouse rooms that we have about podcasting because I've got some amazing people that I could Brilliant. introduce you to that would definitely yeah. be able to help you but we talk a lot about the fact that there are some key things that you need to get right and consistency is a huge one for that yeah. And when you have, like me, I do two episodes a week, but even adding that one extra, when you record, like I record three episodes at a time and then I do that kind of, you know, twice a month and yeah. we have a backlog and I get to have time off and all of those different things happen. But when you've got three a week going, you only need to have like go on holiday for two weeks and blah, blah, yeah. blah and all of that. And then it really kind of pushes you. So they're the different things that I would encourage you to kind of have kind of nailed yeah. and have that huge kind of backlog behind you and and like you know we spoke about before we came live you know having people like my vicky help you yeah. with the editing and stuff because then you're concentrating on the part that you love yeah that was one of the things that i didn't realize either that 
when you're when there's so many bits of it like I'm, I hate admin and I hate editing and stuff like that so all of those different bits it was just like you know I love the interview and I love talking to people on all of those different yeah. things I love hearing about their businesses but adding all of those other bits on especially over a glass of wine but adding all those other bits on it just became another chore and it's just like oh you know I don't want to do those things so finding the right people in the right places was really important too so yeah. I would definitely nail those things but one of the things that you said that I'm really interested in and and that is kind of, t- you've tied that into the podcast really well, is that you were a building surveyor for government. I'm a commercial property surveyor, and I did that for the government too. So I completely understand the processes and, and all of that. And, and having a very, a very create, a, a very um, organized and create, but creative way of doing things. And then, like we said before we came live, if things go wrong, you can, you know, flex and yeah. you can get, because in, when you're working in government, things go wrong all the time. That set me up for so much of my business. I mean, I, I was running my own business when I was advising the government anyway. So I was in yeah. business anyway. But it taught me so much in terms of policies, procedures, you know, uh, flexing when things go wrong and everything like that. That is a great basis for running a podcast and running a business yeah. as a whole. What? got you into ever being a building surveyor of the government and and how have you kind of used that to make it work for your podcast so sorry in terms of the the building surveyor I was never I wasn't a building surveyor for the government I did some mapping sort of um with agriculture I was working did some mapping for them on their island-wide mapping system but it was for the brewery so that was but my background so my my parents have they've built their own houses so it's been and it's been literally pretty much built my dad has done so much of the actual building and he's not didn't necessarily have a background in building he's just turned his hand to it you know so we uh, they've done two houses renovated a load and, and it was as I was coming through sort of 13 14 that's when we did that they did the latest one and it was um yeah it was just because I was involved it's just always been, they had the knowledge there in the first place, you know, um, certainly the construction side and, and when it came to either doing detailed drawings for things, you, you had, I think that's where I get it from. I come from a construction family too. So it was in my blood and I like, um, I I can't describe it to other people who weren't, who don't kind of come from that, but like I close my eyes and I think of like, I think of building sites that we were on and, and how much fun they were and everything. I think, you know, I don't necessarily go on building sites as much these days as I did when yeah. I first started, started out. But like one of the um, guys that I'm mentoring, he's a you know, 22-year-old um, apprentice surveyor. And when I talk to him, you know, I, I talk to him about kind of, you know, opening your eyes and, and opening your ears to every single possibility. And, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody's talking about, you know, building a wall or, or some carpentry or whether or not they're talking about, you know, a, a part of property law. It doesn't matter because if, the more rounded your knowledge are, the more rounded that you are in the industry, the more you'll know. So the fact that you watched, even though your dad wasn't in the construction industry, the fact that you watched him do that, yeah. have that passion for it gave you such a step up when you were doing building surveying that yeah. that people who were coming at it dry will never understand absolutely 
And I think the same, the same thing happened when I took the cafe over, you know, having, you've got certainly working in government and dealing with policy and legislation and knowing how to interpret the legislation. I didn't have to, um, I got my, I love the law, I love contract law. And luckily for me, it's helped me out in a lot of situations because you go into a cafe and you don't think necessarily that it's going to be huge element of what you're doing, but you've got a lease, you've got um, all the regulations, certainly from a food business point of view, it's without having the, the background knowledge and being able to interpret it, it can be very difficult for some people. So you're right, having that, and it's the same in any industry, having that rounded holistic experience essentially can can help so many people if they and it's easier for some people because they have a varied career like for example me going from dealing with property maintenance then into doing drawings for an electrical contractor you know you get all this and then into government and working in agriculture fisheries then into centrally into treasury there's a lot of little bits that you pull that you apply to to everything you do and it's I think it must even be daily that you're, you, you you talk to people and they go oh, I wish I never had that job or I wish I'd never made taken that decision and gone down this route but I always say to them there's always something from that you will benefit from something that whether it's reading a bad employer before you apply for a job or something that you did whilst you were working there it will always benefit you in some way if you look hard enough at it yeah I, I, it, every single aspect of my life that is as built is has made it easier for me to run a business and I try to remember all of those different different parts like you know a childhood being, being on a building site when I'm having a couple, like at the minute I um at the minute my business is negotiating leases for salon owners and when they are talking about the fact that you know they don't understand the leases and everything like that they didn't realize how important they were like you said yeah. so many cafe owners they just sign any old lease they have no idea the importance of it like that is one of the huge things that I found in in my you know hair and beauty industry and you're going to find that in the um the cafe industry as well because it's just you know small business owners that's just the way it is they don't think about it but but they always say to me you know I just you know I feel stupid that I said I've been in industry for 20 I've been in business for 20 years the amount of stupid things that I've done and and also the other thing I say to them is you know if you gave me a set of scissors I wouldn't be able to cut anyone's hair so we all have the different things that we are good and bad at but for me I try and have my finger in every single pie because the thought of not understanding a part of it enough to have working knowledge is just scares me I need to know that I need that I know enough to then get the right person in place and I think that's what you're teaching people on the podcast isn't it like you're talking them through all the different elements you know whether or not it's a somebody who's doing the fit out whether or not somebody who's franchised whether or not it's somebody you know to do with the lease or anything like that it's about giving that arming them with enough information so that they're never going to have that stupid moment or they're going to know that that makes them feel stupid and they get the right person in place which is what I do with the podcast with Vicky and everything like that 
I, I, there's no place that I feel more stupid than when I'm trying to edit a, a podcast. Like, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. That's fine. But I know enough to know that this isn't my bag. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Running a podcast where there's somebody who's like, I've always wanted to be, always wanted to be, like, I have my own cafe. Because there's so many people out there that do. Like, that's a dream of so many people. Sitting there and being able to just, like, listen to every single podcast and just binge on them like some sort of Netflix Netflix and chill <laughs> with, with Andy. Yeah. That is going to give them a level that they just wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. But then yeah. you did talk about the fact that you wanted to do like courses free and paid for and do that sort of thing. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So I think it's my, you talk about people having the dream of running a, a little cafe or a little tea room. And I think it's, it's great when you're on the outside and you look at that and you go, how, how hard can it be? Do a few scones, cup of tea. And the reality is, and anyone who's gone into catering will tell you, it is never anything like that. It's organized chaos is essentially what every single day is because you're in there two hours before you're open. You're there two hours after you close. So th- what, where I'm going at with the courses, it's, so I'm, I put a huge weight on either for myself and staff and team members of having that, having your mission, your vision and your values in place. So what, that's what going to be one of the courses is going to be like how people can one develop the course or develop the mission, their own mission, vision and values for their business, but also how you can apply that to anything really. So say, take for example, the, the values, I always see them as being, that's the part of you as the owner. So you may not be there all the time, but that is your team's anchor, as in this is how we run our business. These are the values we abide by. This is what we apply in everything we do. So that's one side of it, but also giving team members the they can all buy into what the purpose is of running a cafe, say, for example. So I see, I've never seen the cafe as purely just about money. The, a, a cafe is so much more than just a business. It's now becoming what people are calling your third space. So it's not your work. It's not your home. It's basically in a way replacing pubs to a certain extent. Um, so there's the community side of things and that's, I see that's where your mission and your vision can really give you the buy-in from the team because they then know this is what we're working towards. And this is essentially, they can use that as a, as a guide when they're making decisions when you as the owner aren't there. So that's going to be one of them because it made a huge difference for me that the, the team then knew what the whole thing was about. It wasn't about coming in every day and just turning the ovens on and, turn the coffee machine on and just dishing out coffee it it was about more than that so that was that's one of them the second is around developing and implementing the systems because the amount of people i'd spoken to that haven't got necessarily got them in place so as my concept or my vision for my systems in our business was all about you follow the food from delivery through to unboxing the delivery storing it 
and then prepping it, cooking it, and serving it. So our systems basically documented all that as the that was the core part of it because it was all around the food safety and we could then demonstrate what we were doing when we were doing it. So if there was ever an inspection, everything was in place for that. But it goes beyond that for, for a business owner. It's about getting you some time back because when I first, I first introduced checklists, that was the first thing I did opening and closing checklists. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've had to go and go, oh, yeah, no, we need to do that. need to do that. Need to do that. that all went away overnight. It all went away. Wasn't perfect the first time around, but it, you know, you can then develop other iterations of it, add bits in, take bits out that you don't need. But I never realized how powerful they were, you know, because always in, in the most of the jobs, you've always done how-to guides and procedures and bits and pieces like that. But in the cafe, it was, like I say, it was organized chaos. You then had, you're thinking about everything and the staff don't get me I wrong. I also find though, that when, when I am so busy and so stressed and all of that, having a step-by-step or and now I do that, and now I do that, is, it's like the idiot's guide in the kindest way possible, because when you are so overwhelmed, you don't want to use the last of your brain space to think of what is the next thing I do, and the time as well, like it takes you seconds to read that, but it takes you way longer to go, what do I usually do next, when you are exhausted and overwhelmed and all of those different things. Yeah. So it's all about trying to encourage and to help people who do want to go down that route, develop their own systems and to put in place, put in place, whether it's through software or software as a service sort of um, products that can help you to, to really bring that all into one place. So I've, um, just trying to sort out a deal with a company called Trainual, and I, I would suggest anyone who has got a business goes to to have a look at Trainual. It's all a one-stop shop that basically pulls everything together. And um, am I all right to give out a code that people can use? We'll put it in the show notes. I'll yeah. let um, Vicky know. Yeah. But yeah, feel free to share it. Yeah. So um, if they go, they go use the code cafe hustle they can get a discount off it but really like i couldn't believe when i stumbled across it it literally has everything in one place so when it comes to say like onboarding people your systems that we had it just having them in place alone makes it really simple you haven't necessarily yes you've got to train people and there's got to be staff time involved in it but you can once you've got everything documented People can essentially, it, providing you get your detail right with your procedures and your processes and your SOPs. But the thing is, you don't have to get it right the first time. No, absolutely. You can keep, and you have to yeah. keep, like well, updating it, making it better. Yeah, my my view on it, and I know there's all different philosophies when it comes to creating it. A lot of people that I've spoken to are all like, oh yeah, you, know, you need to develop your system first, get it all refined. Whereas I'm, I look at it a different way and I go, you, you know what your steps are, get them down on paper because, and it was like our opening checklist. We got it down on paper and it worked, 
but there was stuff that we needed to add in or tweak. And you can do that. But regardless of what position it's in, it's better to start it, get it done. I, I live by the thing that done is better than perfect. So it's about getting it done first. You can refine it, but it's got some value, even if it's only 60% complete. Yeah, 100%. And I think that is life as well. Like tweaking yeah. is when you go from that's not bad to that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And you don't get that without just doing the thing over and over and over again, especially when it comes to people who are experienced versus comes to people who aren't experienced. And when you get somebody in who is experienced and they've done something in a completely different way and they say, why don't you do it like this? And you go, I hadn't even thought about it. That's a great yeah. idea. You've made it even better. Like that, my, my life consists of that. When I come across people who are way smarter than me, way more efficient than me, way you know, more intelligent than me, and they tell yeah. me how to do something you know, better, I'm on board with that 100%. Yeah. It's so all, if people, people want to find your podcast, it? yeah, totally. Yeah. Reach. So if people want to find your podcast, where can they find it? Yeah, so we've got so our website, which is still under construction. We're still finalizing that. So that's www.thecafehustle.com. Head over there. We've got a sign-up form there. So all of our, our launch stuff will be on there as part, of our, um, as part of our newsletter. Instagram, the Cafe Hustle podcast. That's where we're sort of we're starting to feed out some of the clips now. So from, from Monday, that's what's going to start happening. We've got our trailer going live next week as well so that's gonna um we'll, we'll let you know about that on there and what i really want is anyone who is really interested is to to reach out to me directly andy at the cafe hustle.com i just it's all about connections and networking and and that's been something that's been really important in getting the number of guests that we need you know we're going we're not just reaching out cold to people we're then using the people we've spoken to and we've got more guests so i just want i'm just loving speaking to people and you don't have to be from the hospitality industry at all anyway you know i just want to anything business related reach out to me and, and i'd love to have a chat awesome that sounds great so we're coming to the end of the podcast and i end all of the podcasts with the eight mile moment so i don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me i love eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him skinny is white his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him so, Andy, what's the worst things about you? Uh, my biggest thing, certainly something that really annoys me, or is my procrastination. It's so, I find it so easy to slip into it. And I think it's only recently, really, that I've, it's fear. It comes from a point of fear, especially, and I knew it when I came to the, doing the cafe, you know, it's, I didn't know what I was doing. And you're constantly pushing it back. And it comes, I suppose it comes back to what I said before. It's that done is better than perfect. So that's certainly one thing that I can't really anything else is. I tend to overcommit. So I think, oh yeah, today I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And I only do two of them. I've done that a couple, well, quite often. My partner, Steph, would probably <laughs> tell you, because she always says, are you sure you've got enough time for that? Um, and communication sometimes, I'm, especially when I'm under pressure or like it's having that headspace to think I need to communicate what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. And, and oh, and the other thing is the amount of times I've said to myself, I'm going to meditate more, do a bit more mindfulness. 
and it always ends up getting kicked to the back. So I've I've been fairly good this year. So I'm on I'm in a bit of a groove now. So I've managed to sort of get that. But that's what another thing that's when you commit to something like that and you're like, oh, have I got time for it? It always gets forgotten. But it's the thing that makes the biggest difference as well. But I'm the same. I used to be the best. I used to have the best morning routine, meditating, mindfulness, exercise, stretching, everything. Now I've got a bad back. I never meditate. I've never got time for anything. Yeah. Don't run. Like everything's just gone. And I'm like, oh, yeah. got in a bit of a groove. But then obviously having a, a young family, it's your priorities have got to be in different places. So, yeah. Wouldn't change that for the world, though. Um, I'll just tell you I've got teenage children and you can hold your breath until they get to that age, darling. <laughs> I know. It's, it's never Awful. going away. No, it's not. Well, thank you so much for being on the no, podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I've enjoyed, loved chatting to you and love your podcast. It's brilliant. So, Thank you so much. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye, Andy. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you very much.